0: Sometimes people will come against that, and they're like, well, that, that, there's nothing in the Old Testament that says that you have to give 10%. That was like an, uh, uh, I mean, in the New Testament, that was an Old Testament kind of, yeah. and, But it's like, no, actually, in the in the New Testament, if we're actually looking at biblical numbers, in, for. in the New Testament, they gave everything. Yeah. Literally, like you see in the Acts of the Apostles, they gave 100%. <laughs>
1: everyone and welcome to beyond damascus the show where encounter meets mission my name is brad pierron i'm here with dan dimite and aaron richards Hello, and we're ready to go uh, for this particular episode we do before we launch want to thank uh a sponsor of ours which is saint gabriel radio here in the columbus area they're pretty they're awesome. amazing they run catholic radio for the entire central ohio area and so if you're in the central ohio area and you're looking for amazing ways to grow your faith Tune in to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We love you guys, Woo. and we're really excited to talk about our topic today. Our topic today will be on tithing. Yes, Whoa. it's something that everybody gets <laughs> yeah. so excited oh, about, man, right? And, uh, and we're going to be talking Whoa. about tithing in a variety of ways, but the first thing we're going to do today during the show is tithe a little bit of our time to the Lord. So, Aaron, yeah.
2: will you lead us I in prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Jesus, we love you. We pray that during today's show God you will stretch us out of our comfort mm-hmm. zones and stretch us into relationship with you. God none of these conversations are valuable unless they the fruit they bear is encounter with you and mission in your church. So Jesus we pray that our hearts will be open today that we'd be ready to be transformed through an encounter with your spirit. Um, come and come and touch us and charge us Lord for the for the way that you want us to live our lives. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. amen. Yeah, so we're talking about tithing today, and I think that um, often so when we talk about, about, tithing. about tithing, I do get excited <laughs> about tithing, because I yes. think it's so important, because like usually when we have a conversation around tithing, I think it's uh, a whispered, hush conversation where we're um, like kindly reminding each other that it's something we should at least think about. But here, talking about encounter, meeting, mission, yeah. I think it's so important for us to recognize that a critical mission of the church is in giving. We know Mm -hmm. that we're called to give of our time, talent, and treasure. I'm sure we've all heard that at different times. But I think when we think about that, like time is something I've learned to give, especially if I'm in the family. Uh, Talent, like I like giving that because I'm recognized for the gifts that I bring (laughs) when I give my talent. Uh But treasure is something that I think we hold tight to the chest. And Mm. it's not like that's something Jesus didn't know would happen, right? Jesus talked about the kingdom of God all of the time. That was the primary thing he talked about in the scriptures. Second uh, most frequent thing he talked about was finance, money, money. that's right, and so um, I guess just to kick us off, why don't we um, just have a discussion, I guess, like, in what ways have you two, um, like, had thoughts on giving change over time, so in what ways have your thoughts around giving changed Mm. uh, over the course of your ministry?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a great question, I think, uh, I mean, I had a pretty substantial kind of renewal of the mind early in marriage on, on finances, like, I never really... But pre-marriage, I didn't really think about finances much. Sure. It was like, okay, I just want to make sure I graduate without debt, so I'm going to work and and pay off like college classes as I work. And uh, um, but then when we got married, we actually had like I married someone with a lot of debt and and college debt. And uh, thank you, Franciscan University of Steubenville. Uh, Stop. But uh, <laughs> uh, but so like at that at that point, I was like, well, shoot, what do I do with this giant? Pocket of cash that I owe someone, sure. and uh, and so I started to like really um, like pray and think and learn a lot about like what do you do with finances, mm-hmm. and it was in that kind of discovery actually of what do I do with my debt that I discovered mm-hmm. that like I I hold I I want to control my money a lot, and I want to mm-hmm. um, I, I want to make sure that I take care of myself and everything, and I found that. Um, finances were becoming Lord of my life in a sense of like, Mm -hmm. uh, they were burdensome. They were anxiety ridden, they were stressful and I want freedom from that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the, I think the way I found freedom most easily was by actually surrendering them to the Lord mm-hmm. and um, really saying, okay, Lord, I actually want like your vision for finances, your vision for um, what to do with money. And so I went into a long period yeah. of studying and discovery of like, what does God desire for us for our finances mm-hmm. uh, as Christians. And it was a, a radical transformational time for me. Um, I was struggling with... like. Just this idea of okay, like if uh, if if I have finances, like what do like, and I want to live the gospel lifestyle, how do I balance mm-hmm. like having a house and living a gospel lifestyle? All of this of mm-hmm. just really spending time and wrestling with God in prayer, and He brought a ton of peace and freedom in my life. Yeah. Of. Helping me see like his vision for finances, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I think the the essence of that, the the very practical thing that shifted my mindset was being able to give the Lord the first fruits. So, um, you know, everyone gets like automatic. Uh, payments, you know, and they go into your checking account, like switching my automatic payments to 10% go to one checking account and 90% go to the other, where I, my wife and I have what we call our tithe account, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. The, it literally, from the the second I get paid, the money goes to a tithe account. Yeah. And, um, and so it was amazing that the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you the very first fruits, mm-hmm. and now I've got this cash deposit yeah. that I get to pray and discern, like, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Like now I've mm-hmm. got resources that I, mm-hmm. when someone wants something, I don't want to say, oh shoot, can I, can I do that? But now it's like, wow, I've got this. What can I do with yeah. it? And it went from reactive to proactive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. absolutely like mission oriented. Cause yeah. I was like, okay, I've got this. How can I get yeah, it? It's one of my first thoughts instead of my last thought, yeah. right? That I'm. Yeah. I,
2: it, it creates an intentionality to giving. What about you, Aaron? So it's funny, I get to, I get to receive some humility. So, uh, in talking with Dan, yeah. um, I, I had, so I had never, I had never considered operating from that standpoint before. And, mm-hmm. um, just, I, it's been probably just a little over a year, uh, yeah. made the shift toward doing the same thing and awesome. has brought tremendous freedom. Yeah. Um, I, I, that this was actually, you know, in our, in our prophetic, um, classes here at Damascus Information. Mm-hmm we, we speak sometimes about the fact that when there's a, when there's a gap that you discern in somebody's heart, Mm -hmm. uh, that a great, a great method of actually, um, speaking the grace and peace of the Lord over that is to prophesy God's Mm -hmm. destiny Mm. and to prophesy the good. Um, and it was actually in conversation with Dan Mm -hmm. at one point. So, uh, I, you know, our family growing up, um, I was the oldest of six kiddos. Um, we had everything that we needed provided for us, but uh, our family constantly operated from a place of like really um, being stretched thin mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. on what extras and niceties we could afford. And, um, you know, I've sh- shared a lot of stories here at Damascus about the fact that you know, some of the some of the retreats that I attended were so instrumental in my own formation, and almost all of them happened with the support of the church mm-hmm. uh, and on scholarship, and just whether it was through school or through or through retreats or through even through college. Um, so, yeah, I, I think to echo Dan, there was a lot of that uh, of that sense of control, and particularly mm-hmm. in my role here at Damascus of being a steward over the gifts that other people have given, like I've always taken a lot of ownership and stewarding well, Mm -hmm. the things that God's given to me. Um, And then I don't, I don't, so what I mean to say about the prophecy thing is I don't, I don't know whether Dan, you are speaking this even from a, from a place of desiring this for me or actually seeing this in me. But you said a couple years ago um, that you saw a really tremendous spirit of detachment from material things over my life. And when I heard, when when you said those Mm -hmm. things, when you said that to me, uh, it it sparked something in me. Of number one, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the ability to like to to live mm-hmm. in a detached way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, please give me more grace <laughs> so yeah. that I can live yeah. in a detached way. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I think I think the past two or three years have really been marked for me mm-hmm. um, by a by a sense of like just asking the Lord. Okay, thank you for the gifts you've given me. Mm-hmm. How do I operate in a way where I'm not beholden to this thing? Mm -hmm. How do I hold loosely to these things so that I can give them to you? And I think just being intentional for me Mm -hmm. has been a great grace. Yeah. And in the
1: same way, those words from Dan were a blessing to you. Hopefully the words we talk about today can be blessings to all those listening, because I think mine was very similar. Like I'm really encouraged hearing you guys, but I, I just like had a, a turn of heart as I began reflecting on some of the things that the Lord was speaking to me and some of the things that the people around me were speaking to me. I remember I went on a spring break service trip in college. It was to Trenton, New Jersey, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. And, uh, just Um, per capita crime rate, really high, a lot of violent crime. And I actually was there to help make resumes for previously incarcerated people, which was awesome. Right. (laughs) So they're like literally getting out of prison, like the week that I'm there and they come and I'm making them resumes. So uh, again, a lot of skill-based resumes, because a lot of them had been just kind of in and out of different uh illegal activities more than like carrying a job over the course of their life. And it was so eye opening for me. But there was something amazing about a guy that was working for the organization that was running this. And he was giving some night sessions to us about like the way our heart should be disposed to like giving, that it shouldn't just be like us altruistically coming and like helping out. But actually this is what we were made for. We were actually made to be in it with one another and to bring one another together to the Lord. Right. And it was just an amazing like time in my life. But he, he said a line that literally has just stayed with me since my junior year of college. And I think it was my junior year regardless since college. And he said that we're not called to merely give from our surplus, but we're called to give from our sustenance that we're called to give from our sustenance, not our surplus. It's yeah. what you were talking about, Dan. Like it's not supposed to be something extra that I do at the very end. It's yeah. not like, well, I have all this stuff left over because in all honesty, we all know this. If it's just something left over, I don't think about it. It's just like, I wouldn't have noticed it if it was here yeah. or if it was gone, <laughs> but if it's up front, if it's, if it's something I'm thinking about, like then it it really matters. And so I think yeah. that's what I want to center our conversation around today is why giving really matters, especially of our finances. And, you know, stepping into mission here at Damascus, uh, all of our missionaries, mission support raise. they build mission support teams. And ultimately, what that means is that they go out and they ask others to join them on mission so as to provide for them prayerfully and financially, that they could actually live the life they're being called yeah. to by the Lord from other people's generosity. So I think um I, I wanna I start framing our conversation just around the like um from everything you guys are saying, why is it important to give? Like why is it important to give of our finances? I just mentioned one of them, right? That it actually allows us to partake in that which we're giving to. Yeah. Right. Um, but I would I would love to hear just from your guys' understandings of how giving has changed for you over time and your concept of giving has changed over yeah. time. Like why why should the people listening care about what we're talking about today?
0: Well, I think just <laughs> if you close your eyes and you just imagine what the church in the world looks like without giving, all immediately you would see why it matters. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't have a parish. Priest, you wouldn't have a parish building. You wouldn't have a. uh, You would have no one working in the parish. You would have. You wouldn't have social charities. You wouldn't have the ability to 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 Hmm. feed the poor. You wouldn't have the ability to care for the sick and the wit. Like everything, like all the. Mm-hmm. giving is is actually what mobilizes the missional work of the church both mm-hmm. in charity and in evangelization. So if 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 the church fails to give, the church fails to accomplish mission. Mm-hmm. And, and and to suggest that mission is somehow devoid of giving is 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 a huge mm-hmm. grievous error because and that's why Jesus talks about it so much because when I'm a, a new creation in Christ Jesus, the old has passed away and new things mm-hmm. have come and mm-hmm. like Jesus says like you you like if you wish to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, which means to disown yourself, to dis- disown the former way of life, mm-hmm. and now live this new way of life. And mm-hmm. this new way of life is a life, the disciple is one who lives for the advancement of the kingdom. Yep. And I advance the kingdom through. Um, through through the through mission of mm-hmm. giving uh, and through the mission of my life, right? Yeah. And so, like my finances advance the kingdom, and then my missional work advances mm-hmm. the kingdom. So yeah. the two of those are the two ways I can advance the kingdom, yep. right? Yep. And uh, of course, and prayer. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but the. There is no mission without my Yeah, well,
1: it's the the right response to an encounter with the providence of God, right? So I encounter, if we're talking about encounter leading to mission, which we always talk about on this podcast, I'm encountering the providence of God because he's actually provided for me a job through which I provide for my family, through which I provide for myself, and through which I provide for those around me. But from that place of the providential care of God, that's the encounter. The mission from that encounter is to give right? Yeah. Because it tells the Lord, I know that you're not an exhaustive resource, mm-hmm. right? Like your providence is actually bigger than what I currently like have attained, what yeah. I currently possess. Yeah. And I can actually be loose handed with that, knowing that you're providential yeah. from there.
2: I, I just, I think too, about it in the, uh, James in, in scripture, we see faith, mm-hmm. you know, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, the The story in, in Matthew's Gospel, it's one like the apocalyptic story that happens right before the Passion, mm-hmm. um, is really profound, and I think it speaks to this directly. Yeah. That, like, uh, Lord, when did we see you hungry and and give you food? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did mm-hmm. we see you naked <laughs> and give you clothing, like the or give you shelter? The 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 fruit of our of our gift, the fruit of our charity our charity and our gift rather mm-hmm. is the, is the fruit of relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so like you can't, you can't separate those two things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. giving, giving and charity is critical for the sake of the salvation of our soul. Like it's mm-hmm. a litmus test mm-hmm. to see whether in fact we, we believe what we say we yes. believe. Yeah. And if Jesus is the Lord of our life, yep.
1: right? Cause money can be the Lord of our life. Like you can't yep. serve both God and mammon. Like,
2: that's such, a good, such a, a good word. It's like,
1: it's actually like...
2: It's, this show is no longer about tithing. It, no, it's about it's, mammon. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, okay, I thought you hey were guys. honoring my no, word wisdom. Brad,
0: that was and wisdom, and instead word. you said no, no, mammon. Mammon No, but
3: I do think like, how can you say it more plainly?
0: Yeah. No, you can't say it more plainly. <laughs> <Right>. You can't. <laughs> well, and I think it, it is the Lord of everything. So I think Jesus is the Lord of all, and so it is your finances, it is your time, it's your talents. And I mean, to, to really go through that and ask, okay, like actually where I struggle still to this day is mm-hmm. uh surrendering my time to the lord mm-hmm. like ha- have mm-hmm. i lord it's it's, uh, mm. it's to some extent mm. i've gotten more mastery of surrendering my finances um surrendering mm. my time is it's huh. often hard. and, and I mean, yeah, clearly sure, I work for sure. the church and I work like free and all of that, but it's yeah. like, no, like, are you the Lord of my time though? Like where, where like, I actually know that you will provide in mm. abundance the mm. time I need to do this, mm. uh, where I believe that you're going to provide an abundance of finances I need to care for my family. Do I also have that same disposition towards time and, yeah. or talent that yeah. Lord, you're calling me to this. Do I, do I sure. believe that you're a God of abundance who's going to provide the talent I need mm-hmm. and the, 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 the equip me to mm-hmm. accomplish the mm-hmm. mission you've called me to. Yeah.
1: Let me not just do that, which I want to give my time to let me not just do that, which I know my talents will serve well, yeah. but let me actually go beyond that point. I think that's a good point because at the beginning, you know, as I was kind of introing the show, I was talking about, I, I think we, we give our time to that, which we want to give it to pretty well. Yeah. We give our talent to that, which we want to give it to pretty well. But I, I think there is something in the, the tithing the the treasure aspect of that, where it's like, actually, this is a very tangible way. That is the litmus test for my heart that like the giving of time and the giving of talent stay kind of ambiguous enough to almost hide behind in the shadows of like, well, but, but, but treasure it's like, but did I give, Yep. do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's a very like, (laughs) you either know or you don't, right? Like I could construe in my head, like, well, I'm giving time to the Lord because I'm I'm praying every day. And I really tried to turn to him a couple of times on my car ride today, you know? And I'm Uh giving my talent to the Lord because I'm kind and generous. And I Mm -hmm. smiled at the bank teller today, right? Again, I'm not even saying those things are bad. I'm just saying I can kind of hang in this ambiguity (laughs) there. Whereas it's like, did I give my treasure? Well, let me check my bank account, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: well, and I think that that it's funny because people like, uh, so I'm a proponent of, Tithing at least ten percent and like encouraging Christians. Where do you get
1: that number? Just if someone's listening, yeah, like so ten percent. So ten percent
0: is just a biblical number. So right. in the Old Testament, the the Lord asked the Israelite people to give ten percent, right? Mm-hmm. To and, the Levites, right? Yeah, to and, the church. Yeah, to the Levites, to the church, mm-hmm. and and to make that ten percent the first fruits, right? So it's mm-hmm. the first part of your giving. Is that ten percent, right? So, uh, but like sometimes people will come against that. And they're like, "Well, that, that, there's nothing in the Old Testament that says that you have to give ten percent." Mm-hmm. That was like an—I uh, uh, mean, in the New Testament, that was an Old Testament kind. Con- yeah. But it's like, no, actually, in the in the New Testament, if we're actually looking at biblical numbers, yeah, in, for. in the New Testament, they gave everything yeah. literally, like you see in the Acts of the Apostles, they gave a hundred percent of their financial resources. Or and they, Ananias it, and sapphire. <laughs> I was just yeah. about
3: to say that. So <laughs> <it> was, or you <laughs> didn't give everything they got. What? Well at least if you were dishonest <laughs> about Bam. it. It was if you were dishonest, right? So you came in, <laughs> did you give everything? Yes, you did it, you dropped dead, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. in the Acts of the Apostles. So, yeah. So
0: So I mean, I'm just saying if we're having biblical conversations, but yeah. I, I I think ten percent truly like is uh, it's it's a benchmark to mm-hmm. allow me to have something to one strive for so maybe my life circumstances doesn't allow me to do that right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh but two let, let me aim for that and then three see that as a minimum mm-hmm. threshold of what god's asking of you that okay like i i was talking to someone one time who was really famous author. He sold over a million copies of one of his books. And so um, financially, mm-hmm. he was extremely well off. He actually lives on 10% and gives 90%. And mm-hmm. so just like the the mindset in his heart was, I'm going to, I, I need X number of dollars for my lifestyle, um, the the lifestyle that I believe God's calling me to live, not in excess, but in simplicity. And then I'm going to give everything in abundance over to that because the Lord gave it to me. And mm-hmm. so I, I, don't, I don't think that 10% is a, is a law the, uh, that we're called to, um, but it's a good benchmark of here's here's what God is asking of my first fruits. And now how can I give it, 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 it as the Lord continues to bless my, my life? How can I give more?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I also, like, I, I think about the, uh, just like the words of, of Jesus so often with, with respect to how we can bring them into the financial realm of like, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Mm-hmm. there's actually a humility that I think the Western world doesn't teach us very well that like actually all of the finance that I'm given, even through my work, I didn't earn. Like it, I actually was given the opportunity because the Lord blessed me with the faculties to do this job, mm-hmm. a resource for that, that, that I think so often we can get in this earn it mentality in all kinds of ways. I mean, we speak to performance a lot, um, in the formation, a program here that like, it's actually not in the Lord's will for you to perform as a jester for him, but rather for you to be in a family with him where he actually develops you and builds you into the person you are, not into the person you want to put a facade into being. Um, so I, I don't know. There's something about what you're saying there, Dan, that, that strikes me about our um, our willingness to take that into a lot of realms, but our hesitancy with taking it into finance, because like it's almost that area where I distinguish myself. It's almost that area where I say like, oh, well, I've done well with my life, right? I've worked really hard and I've set my family up for success. And again, I'm not even saying that those things in and of themselves are bad, but the idea that I need to acquire and, um, and keep close finance in order to prove that I think is where it probably goes. I don't know. I think
2: I think that's why having the conversation from a from a you know a percentage thing is it's sort of like a it's a grace that the Lord offers us to Mm -hmm. allow us to to make decisions that aren't based on circumstance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just you know it's kind of a component of of charitable work that's filled with a lot of practical wisdom Mm -hmm. from the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, when when you commit to fasting, for example, uh, your commitment to fasting doesn't change. Based on, mm-hmm. uh, based on what's for dessert that day, or at least it shouldn't. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, the you know that that when we when we make that commitment and we and we make that investment mm-hmm. of 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 a decision of a commitment to to prayer um, to the Lord, you know, our circumstance shouldn't shouldn't constantly be mm-hmm. be changing the the degree to which we give. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, we had a we we had a great conversation Dan and I did with a with a woman who um, is starting a ministry. If I can remember some of the details, I'll I'll try to share. Sorry about this, uh, but it was she was suggesting that that actually instilling a heart of charitable giving in mm-hmm. students, middle school and high school students, is is critical. Because I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're not it's not like they're making an income, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but taking a percentage of what we have to give. Uh, that that's a habit that we can build so that we have the discipline mm-hmm. to be able to live that in our lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. That's
1: right. Well, even with, with what you're saying, I think the percentage thing that um, you're building off of that Dan was talking about, it, it, uh, it reminds me of um, just how basic biblical stories can be understood by young people. Yet as we get older, we're kind of like, uh, like I don't know, weary to really delve into exactly what they mean. Yeah. Like I was thinking about the camel through the eye of the needle, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think a lot of times we literally think the eye of a needle, right? Like this little tiny needle, and then we think to ourselves, "Well, camels can't fit through that, so it has to be the Lord using some kind of hyperbole. I don't know, yeah, hyperbole yeah. here." Um, <laughs> but but it actually at the at the time of Jesus, the eye of the needle was actually the entryway right next to the main gate. So the main gate was open at all hours. Right. And then to the, to the side of this main gate, there was an eye of a needle, which is where you would pass through on foot on foot. Right. And so the camel that would be bringing all of your stuff with it, couldn't fit through it unless you took your stuff off of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like an impossibility that Jesus wants to use hyperbole for. It's actually like, Mm -hmm. what he's saying is it's easier for a camel stripped of everything that still has to get on its knees and kind of like crawl through this small little, uh, what am I even saying? Auxiliary gate to, to get through there than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And and why does he say it like that? Well, if we understand the story like that, it is at a childlike understanding of it that we can see the more we bring upon ourselves, the more excesses we have, the heavier that weight becomes, the harder it is to pass that weight through other things. Like it's that old adage, like you can't take it when you go or whatever. Like the more I build up excess, Mm -hmm. I actually get weighed down. It's actually when I, when I turn around and like take that off the camel or give. So I don't know. There is something simple in this that I think we overthink in the
0: Yeah. No, I think so. And I think just, uh, I think we when we read the um, those gospel passages, I think the natural disposition is, well, surely I'm not the rich man because we don't we may not feel rich, but yeah. in the uh, in the lens of of God and in the the global atmosphere, we truly are the rich man. Yeah. And, and as you said, what did you do to deserve this richness? like what, what was my contribution of being born in America? absolutely nothing. Like I did nothing to like, this was sure grace of God that I was born into a free state and -hmm. to a family that wasn't like, uh, prosperous, but, but, but was living a a good life. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, the God has provided abundantly for us. And so it's actually, and it's not, I think that if we can heal the, the, the wound in the church that like, it's bad to talk about finances or that, um, I have to give like it's such it's where encounter meets mission so like mm-hmm. this is so exciting because the the fact that God has given me resources means that God has entrusted me to be a steward to enable his mission here on earth and mm-hmm. and so and and I get a steward that and pick where I want it to go it's fun because like helping my kids kind of discern hmm. where they're going to give their money like they give their finances to different um charities based off of what they're passionate about right sure. and like some of them i'm not super excited about like it's like <laughs> oh man i really don't care about like animal shelters i'm sorry it's just not like it's not the thing that's on my heart but for whatever reason god placed that on my, like my Gemma's heart right and <laughs> because that's like god so what god does is he places these variety of passions on people's mm-hmm. heart to care for the needs of his people in a diversity of ways and it's like shoot i get to be a missionary with my finances and the things that are most important for me yeah, yeah. that's awesome
1: that's awesome yeah i i was um I was thinking through just like what, what, as you were saying that, like, what do I give my, um, financial resource to? And I I actually like, um, was laughing with Aaron. We were doing our mission support raising training for our mission staff. So our mission staff here at Damascus, there are a third through seventh year missionaries Mm -hmm. and beyond. Right. Um, and so there are people that have gone through our two year program. They've been doing mission support raising for a while. So you're just kind of, uh, bringing them back into the culture of it once a year as, as an additional touch point. And this year I, I was so fired up because someone had come to me, one of the, the mission staff, and they had said, like, how, how do I like, how do I teach the people in my life? Like the importance of giving again. And I remember it coming on my heart of telling her, well, you, you have to, you have to see what they're passionate about mm-hmm. and, and give them the opportunity to give to that. And one of the beautiful things about the church is if, if you love Jesus and you've encountered him, There's something to love in the church. I promise you, like you can find a passion in the church to give to. And actually in the, uh, in the, um, I, I think like, uh, the code of canon law, I think is what it's called. And I was
2: like just reading through different resources. <laughs> because you do day. that. <laughs> 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 oh, and, uh, yeah. I was
3: reading the code of canon law. <laughs> no, last I wasn't. Too.
1: Let's, let's be very clear. I wasn't, hand, I wasn't
3: reading <laughs> give me some canon <laughs> yes, law. Yeah, just light reading before my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 930
1: slumber. Um kidding. But um, no, I, I was like just Google searching after I said that. I'm like, there has to be something in the church that speaks to this, you know, mm. and I'm just like trying to like build up what I understand. So I can help people that ask those questions. And when I looked in, uh, there was this, this passage from the code of Canon law that was talking about tithing. It was talking about giving. It was talking about, um, yeah, just financial resource and how it's to be used for the church. And it said that all financial resources to advance three things in the church, right? Divine worship was Mm -hmm. one. Second was to fulfill all apostolic works. Mm -hmm. And the third was to provide a level of sustenance for ministers. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, think about how many apostolic works there are yeah like all kinds like yeah. you, you whatever flavor of person you are whatever uh, temperament you have you can find something to be passionate
0: about yeah, yeah.
2: and you got you got pretty psyched up about that. Yes, and yeah. I came to you immediately that's why <laughs> I, I thought it was There's worth so many up. Apostolic yeah works. but yeah. Uh, why um I guess why um,
1: why why are we um, I guess, like, why, why is it that it can be hard for us to see those passions in the church, I guess? I think it has to do something with our—we um, we make our giving to the church exhaustive. And maybe it's because in the Western world, there's, like, always an announcement at the end of Mass four times a year that tells you we need more money. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not presented the best. But I guess, like, what, what in your guys' anticipation is the reason that we've lost kind of the passion and the fervor behind giving? a great question
2: i was i was thinking earlier in the show just that uh i I remember even a shift in my own life um and of of what the experience has been like being at mass every sunday and seeing the basket go around to to receive donations for for the offertory Mm -hmm. and uh you know i'm i'm at an awesome parish now uh, a very generous parish Mm -hmm. who I, i mean i i I understand supports through mostly electronic giving now, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is just a curiosity when the, when the basket goes around at mass Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm in the 10th or 12th row and it gets to me and there's like two bills in it. Yeah. That it just, uh, I think it, it, it says something about, Mm -hmm. um, like what is our propensity to, to offer? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it goes to that. I think there, yeah, there's like a, yeah. What is that? Why? (laughs) Yeah. That's being passed around. Maybe it's just a
2: I don't
0: well, know, I think it's the it's, it's the lack of mission, <laughs> right? Yeah. So where as the church's missional heart has faded away, and we've become more like the world, mm-hmm. our financial heart has faded away, and we've become more like the world. And mm-hmm. so, like the the, the um, if I don't live for heaven, I live for this world. And mm-hmm. and the the more the people of God. Mm-hmm stop living for heaven and mm-hmm. the more the people of God stop like longing for heaven mm-hmm. the more we just find heaven here on earth yeah. in in worldly things we try mm-hmm. so a, a, a church that doesn't um a church that's on decline is mm-hmm. going to see a decline in finances because we're just caring about this this world yeah. you know yeah. like I want I want my comfort kingdom more than I want the kingdom of <laughs> God. And it's, it's a challenge I think and because how do I, like, as I see um, this is the challenge that I think American Catholics face the most mm-hmm. is I see the world advancing so much. Mm-hmm. Most of it I don't need, but then all of a sudden I need it because the, uh, because e- e- the, the world has shifted. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think to myself, like, I, I, I would love to have a closet of like four or five shirts. Right. And like just a very simple wardrobe. But then I'm like, well, like how do I live in this world like mm-hmm. that? Where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and now all of a sudden everyone, simple things where like simplicity becomes difficult yeah, in it our, does. the context. It of does well, it,
1: because it becomes other. I think that is something that, that we have to wrestle with too, is I think we've, we've lost the, um, I don't know. We've lost the brilliance of otherness. We like, because in in our world today, we look to others to kind of set the standard for us in the way we want to live, right? So like when I look around to your point, Dan, like I look in the world and everybody has something different every time. Like I even notice when we're filming this podcast, I'm thinking to myself, have I worn this on the podcast before? And Mm -hmm. usually the answer is yes, because I don't actually have that many things. (laughs) But the fact that that even comes to my mind, it's because I'm watching other people Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm developing something off that instead of bringing something unique or different or other. And I do think there's there's a fear of being other in the sense that it might lead us to failure. If this is working for other people, it might work for me. So if I give the first fruits of what I have, I'm not seeing other people do that that are successful. So maybe I'll just wait and give for my surplus because at least I'm giving something. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like that old, like, well, at least I'm not Hitler. Right. It's like the, like, you just take the the bar (laughs) as low as possible. And it's like, I'm a good person. Right. Or I'm giving something or like, yeah, I, I gave to this, like, but the question is not like a matter of like checking a box or not. It's yeah. a matter of like, what is your heart doing? That's the passion thing. Mm-hmm. Good that Jimma like loves animal shelters. I'm sure that like, that's beautiful in the Lord's eyes because yeah. the Lord created the earth for the enjoyment of the people created in his image, which are all of us. And yeah. so like stewarding that is important because we have dominion over that. And like, I don't know, there's something about that passion that needs stirred up again. And I do think part of what you're saying, Dan hits the nail on the head that we're losing a context for mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without it's, mission, why would I give? Why would you get it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if the, we're the, not advancing something, yeah. then like, I mean, that's what they call most development or like <laughs> most fundraising proponents of organizations are mm-hmm. called advancement.
0: Advancement. Yeah, cuz you're trying to advance the mission. I would also say it's our 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 um, lack of ability or our the world's desire to ignore the, the poor right so like and we do this with the spiritually poor we do this with the, the physically poor but hmm. the suburban flight was oh my gosh I don't like seeing poverty so I'm gonna I'm gonna hide in the suburbs and um there's like so my wife and I've actually geared ourselves towards making sure we live in safe neighborhoods near poor neighborhoods so that our kids hmm. see poverty that so that we have that the habit of like seeing the poor person when we're getting on the highway way that we we have the habit of seeing rundown housing, right? That yeah. there's, there's, this is a reality in our world. And when, if I go to a third world mission trip, my heart is cut and all of a sudden I become more sensitive to the needs of others. Mm-hmm. But if I live in a bubble and I ignore that, my heart isn't cut. And I think there's something that, that mm-hmm. we need to place ourselves in areas where our heart can be constantly tenderized, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. there's, because the tendering of the heart Allows me to say, oh wow, there is a need here, mm-hmm. and I can be the solution to that need. Yeah. And um, because I don't, I, I mean, you, you can give out of abundance, and you can give greatly, and do it in mm-hmm. a way where your heart is actually in the wrong disposition, and and right. there's no, there may the, the 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 kingdom may advance, but your own soul didn't, yeah. and and so like truly Jesus whenever he speaks of finances, he brings it back to the heart that mm-hmm. it's, it, is my heart in the right place? And am I giving from a place of like, wow, I'm called to be self gift. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's a person that I could be self gift to.
2: Yeah. That's so good. That's so, uh, that, that's curious that, you know, I was, I was speaking this weekend about, um, at our, at our worship conference, we had a worship conference here at Damascus and I was speaking about the, the, the purity of heart associated with the heart of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, looked at the at the story of Cain and Abel um, and hmm. how scripture doesn't specify that uh, I guess let me say, let me say this a different way I had always thought up to this point that like Cain gave a bad gift and Abel gave a good gift mm-hmm. and that's why God accepted Abel's gift and not mm-hmm. Cain's mm-hmm. and in in rereading the story it's 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 not there, there's no context in the text for for the fact that Abel's gift was in fact better or harder yeah. earned than or, Cain's.
0: Yeah, and Cain's was insufficient. Um, right. And what I, what,
2: I, what I asked the crew is like, you know, if you've ever plowed a field by hand, like it, it may actually be harder <laughs> uh-huh. than raising sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know what what Scripture does say is that it was it was something that had to do with Cain's heart that God in the in the verses immediately following this, yeah. has a conversation with him and says, on account of on account of your sinfulness, or on account of your your heart, mm-hmm. you know, we see the same thing in the in the Psalms when it says, you know, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? The man with clean hands and a pure heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think I think there's something to be said too that as we come into this place of of giving of ourselves, like, yes, it's mission oriented. I love that, but but there has to be something too to say about the fact that you know it's good for me to exist in the world in a place of just of of purity of heart, mm-hmm. where where. I, I don't have to hold tightly onto this thing because this thing doesn't have a hold on me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just about impossible to say for someone who, hmm. who who's responsible for, hmm. for stewarding a family. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a funny situation at, at, mass the other day. Um, there was a, there was a relief fund for the Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, at, at St. John Newman. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't prepared for it. So I didn't bring, you know, cash intentionally to give to this fund. And uh, at mass, Rowan picked up my daughter. Rowan picked up the envelope and um, asked if I had any money. So I was like, "All right." So I pulled up my wallet and opened it, and I didn't. I, I rarely carry cash. I didn't realize I had like four ones and two twenties. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, just Rowan, take whatever you want." And she grabbed one of the twenties, and I was like, <gasps> yeah. "Yeah, right, 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 right." right. Because, but there's four of I, these yes, four. <laughs> Because my, because yes. my, my, you know. I, I didn't even know it was in my wallet, right? Yeah. that's,
1: yeah, and, that's and, But surreal. for,
2: but for her operating from a place of complete purity of heart, like that $20 bill has no more meaning in her life yeah, than right. a one. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I had a, I had a moment there. It was like that, that $20 bill had no more meaning for me than a one. Yeah. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Right. Uh, it probably wasn't even mine. Someone yeah, probably gave yeah. it to me as a donation for Damascus. <laughs> uh, I hope you're joking.
0: me <laughs> <laughs> have all kinds of legal issues. Oh, no, that's no, not, not what we do. Um,
2: anyway, it was uh, it was it was just a really it was a really profound moment for me to uh, to, yeah. to see an example of like somebody who give or somebody the expression of a gift with without the attachment yep. of yep. having of having fought for it.
1: Yep know, it's also, it's also the widow's might, right? Like, so it's, it's both that and the widow's might. Like there's yeah. gonna be times where we have to give in a way where, where we don't think twice about it out of the generosity that comes from a heart disposed to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also times where I give and it hurts. Mm-hmm. And I think like, um, I was just thinking while you were saying that, Aaron, about the mass, because we were talking about the dish being passed around and the envelopes. Um, it's called the offertory. Yep. Right? So at the offertory, what what happens? We, we offer bread, wine, and money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And, and what's the promise of the offertory? That what you offer will become transformative.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. What
1: you offer will become transformative. That bread that you're offering will be transformed into the body and blood of Jesus, right? That wine will be transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. Like, and that money that you're giving will be transformed into something because all of those things, although they are tr- themselves transformed, mm-hmm. they then transform you. Yep. Right. So I'm offering something. It is then being transformed and then it's transforming me. Like that's, that's the promise of the offer to yep. me every single time. And it's one of my favorite parts of the mass. Cause it feels kind of like a halftime. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't like focus in, yep. it feels like a time to go get popcorn or take a bathroom break. Um, but it's, it's really a time where we can look and say, okay, All this that's happening, we're singing a song, but what's being brought up right now, that really is all I have to offer. Yeah. Because I don't have much to offer you, Lord. I have like bread and wine and these paper things that we put a lot of worth in because it's how our society functions. Mm -hmm. But I'll give it to you knowing you'll transform it and that'll transform me.
0: Yeah. No, I was at a presentation one time from a, uh, I, it was like a, non-denominational like giving foundation and they brought in this speaker and it this rocked i mean he he hit his disposition and i'm not saying this is a gospel truth but his disposition was i want to make sure i give all of my money away before i die to the kingdom of god because the, um because if i put it in a uh like a some retirement fund for, for myself or some like a uh, fund for my kids that mm-hmm. that fund promises me it's going to yield about 10, uh, 10% right. And mm-hmm. uh, on a good year, uh, but yeah. the, but the Lord promises in scripture that his, when I invest in him, he's going to yield a hundred percent. And cause he mm-hmm. says like, give unto me and, 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 and you'll have a hundredfold return. And so it, it just rocked me in the sense of like, man, mm-hmm. like even from a financial perspective, I, I trust sometimes like, the the reason as opposed to faith where like mm-hmm. the reason says oh yeah okay the stock market's going to produce 10% right and yeah. and i have confidence in that and so i you place your money in that in confidence and yet yeah. the lord literally promises a hundredfold and so mm-hmm. like and it's just like think about the mobilized mission of the church throughout the world the mm-hmm. fact that the church has existed and grown and served the 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 needs of humanity and the evangelization needs of humanity for the last 2000 years it is. It, it, it just flabbergasts me like I, I think about the, like even the churches we built here in America I'm like mm. wait a second the Irish when they came here were dirt poor. How did they build this church like or like go to the like western uh, Ohio like wait the Germans were poor farmers. How did they build all of these churches? Yes. Like, it's because they were just giving so much and the Lord like mm. took their gift and he made mm. something beautiful of it yeah. and the church has advanced to her mission. I think by hundredfold hundred fold return, as opposed, I, I think we're getting a better into the deal here. And, uh, there's something I about, okay, I'm putting these, this finances in the offertory now, Lord, what are you going to do with it? You yeah. know? And I, I think it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: I've even been thinking about it just like, just in the, yeah. In the context of that offertory, it's like all of that, it's just so intertwined. Right. Because like right now, obviously during the COVID season, many places aren't allowing you to go to the chalice for the precious blood, mm-hmm. right? But within that host, you have the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. In that chalice, the yep. body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. like it, All of that got intermixed yep. during the consecration. For whatever reason, the church has decided that, that the financial means by which we build the, the things that serve the body of Christ in the world gets mixed into that offering. Like that, yeah. that's, that's I profound. That's it's really profound. Yeah. Like why, like why did the church decide that? Well, because it matters yep. and it has to matter yep. and it shows something. Why does Jesus highlight the widow's might? Cause it has to matter. Mm-hmm. It shows something like, um, and I, I think, I think there's this, there's this purity of heart that we need to develop where where giving becomes pure, like Rowan grabbing the $20 bill. And at the same time, we need to get to a place where we recognize the profundity of it, that when the Lord invites us to give, we're willing to give to the point that it hurts,
0: you know? I wonder if we could discern a little bit, Brad, I forget how you put it, but before we started recording, you were talking about just the... the the measures of the world or the standards of the world. How do we discern whether or not those are good standards and, and if we're called to them or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, um, you know, it's 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 assumed that I should pay for my kids' college, right? And so maybe it's like, oh shoot, well I can't give because I have to pay for my kids' college someday, mm-hmm. and so I'm either giving less or I'm not giving at all yeah. because of that. Or it's assumed that I need to leave my kids something, uh, and so mm-hmm. like, how do we question those assumptions? That the, the yeah. culture has said our assumptions. And uh and have we actually brought those to the Lord to purify them and say, yeah. like, God, do you want this for me and for my kids? Like, do you want me to leave my kids an inheritance or mm-hmm. do you want me to build your inheritance? Like, mm-hmm. how do we wrestle with that? Yeah,
1: well, I think uh the, well, the first thing is it's it's I'm glad you brought it up because for me it's one of the hardest topics to talk about because you don't want to be considered a castaway, right? Like you don't want to start. Challenging presuppositions that everyone has exactly, just yeah. for them to immediately write
0: you off. And we can do it on a podcast because there's no one here because to yell no at one us. Because there's no one here, it's yeah. just us three. But no, yeah. I do.
1: I think, like, <laughs> I, and, and the reason that I want to, I, I, I want to, I guess, preface it with that is because I actually don't know the answer, but it, yeah. it's around the idea in my heart of idols.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like, what is the ultimate purpose of my life? And, and like, I, I mean, I even look back, like, um, to like even, even the beginnings of the military in America, God, family, country. Like, mm-hmm. again, we we can like consider that just the like rallying cry of the people of Kentucky and West Virginia and my hometown of Portsmouth, like all of the like ones that like, I don't know, hold to to tradition a little different yeah. than maybe like more like you forgot f-150s at the end yeah, of that yeah right i guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's <laughs> like eight, deriv- eight derivatives <laughs> yeah. down yeah. and uh god, dogs family and, country and bonfires F-150. um but i think like there, there's something to that order like like very simple people understood that order at the yeah. beginning of our country like it's god Cause he created all things and all things are back to him yep. from him. I get everything I need to steward and provide for my family. I, yep. I like the word stewarding of family mm-hmm. because a lot of times we use the word lead mm-hmm. or I'm the sole provider yep. for my family. No, well, you're that's not like, that's actually not real. <laughs> that's actually not real. And it's, it's unhelpful for our lens. Yep. Um, and then, and then country, right. But there is something amazing about family. I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say here, yeah. but that, that can never surpass the amazingness of God. It mm-hmm. can't because it's an image of him or else he would be an image of family if family was the greatest. But of course that's not real. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's actually the family that's constructed for the sake of showing us something about God, not the other way around. Yeah. Because God is family. He's the family of persons. He's love. It's all the things we know about the Trinity. But I do think that there's something, at least for us, to lay a foundation here so we can keep talking about this, of like idol making in it. And even making idols of really good things, maybe even some of the most important things in the world, but they're still not the Lord. Yeah, right. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's I think it's principles of discernment are are probably the important thing. So like going to the Lord and asking what do you what do you want like and so. Um, I don't necessarily think... There is no objective truth whether or not you should pay for your kid's college or not, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way to answer that question is through prayer. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And uh, there is no objective truth on what kind of a vacation you should take annually, or how many vacations you should take annually, and how much money should go That's towards vacation. Mm-hmm. There's no objective truth on um, how much you should spend on a car, and should you buy a new car, uh, uh, with all of the the custom fixings, or should you buy a used car? Right there's there's no objective truth there, but the the hmm. the one truth is the Lord speaks to you, um, and you you have a conscience, <laughs> and, and yeah. so like the the key is to ask the Lord about these things because He doesn't care just about your Sunday morning; He cares about everything. He's hmm. the Lord of everything, so He's the Lord of the decision you make on what car you buy. Hmm. He is the Lord uh, of the decision you make of how you go on vacation. He's the Lord of the decision. You make on how you raise your children and what you do for your children when you're no longer here. And as long as he's a part of those conversations and you're wrestling with biblical truths and you're listening Mm -hmm. to the voice of God in those truths, I think that's probably the first key of making wise decisions. And I don't know if with our finances, we do that enough, yeah. right? I think we we do it with some matters uh, of prayer, like, oh, okay, Lord, like, where do you want me to give my time uh, at the parish or where, or how do you want me to spend time with you in prayer? Um, but but th- he's the, the Lord overall. Person, but
1: he's a person, that's a personal matter, yeah, right? Yeah. It yeah. does kind of feel like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I talk to the Lord about these things, but finance, I mean, that's like, Or it's offensive. Like
0: let's like I I, like we're offended, and I am annoyed too sometimes. But just like you don't want to go to church to like hear about finances. But like let's like the more we. The more we know about the missional work of the church of the missional opportunities of the church, like it mm-hmm. actually helps form our conscience. And so, yeah. if I don't know that the school has a need, or if I don't know that um, that the Ukraine relief fund is available for me to give to, then mm-hmm. then I don't have the opportunity to even know like, is God asking me to give this? So that's when someone asks you to give, that's your opportunity to ask God, "Am I called to give?" Right? Mm-hmm. And and we should give wisely, right? We don't want to give to. I think, yeah, I think sometimes we don't give because we're like, oh, I don't trust that good. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't trust that, maybe there's something to that. So <laughs> give to what you trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's, there's something to be said too. I mean, I, I,
2: I kind of wrestle going back and forth with this whole conversation because, um, I, I wonder would, would the three of us be in a different place in, in having this conversation 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. if, if we were in a place of less stability financially, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good word. I mean, I, I, I'm wrestling right now. Like our family, our family has been looking for a home for the last two years, and like there's there's a, a big part of my heart that I'm I'm wrestling with the Lord every single day. Like mm-hmm. God, let me surrender this. God, let me surrender this. Help me surrender this. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, it has like it has a hold on me, yeah, um, and it's yeah. fighting it's fighting for that hold on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so I, I think there's I think there's something to be said for like for entering into a conversation. Or or just just operating from a self-knowledge of of asking, what is it that sits on the throne of my heart? Yep. Like and and yeah. how do I how do I come into a place of on a daily basis making the determination like today, my life is not going to be driven by the motivation of of this worldly passion or this worldly desire. It's the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Lord. Because yeah, I mean, uh, I I I can give twenty dollars right now and mm-hmm. not bad an eye. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and but but maybe that maybe that's offensive for for somebody listening to today's yeah. show for whom that would be a real yeah. big deal.
1: It could be Well, I think. But that's the importance of what the discussions that we're having are, I think, is that if for the vast majority of human history, you define the principle yeah. and then you work to the margins. Yep. You don't work from the margins in. You can't like you, you can't. You can hear what I'm saying there is like, I, I hope it rubs all of us. But like we have to get to this place of like, yeah. um with. Ah oh, man, it's so hard to even say, but a willingness to rub someone in a way that even could be offensive to just stand with 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 a post that says this is something that's really important. Yeah. And well, I, I, think, I
2: think you know, we were talking about we were talking about the, the precepts of the church earlier, right? Yeah, sure. And this idea yeah. that that there are things that I have like I have to expect myself to participate in a certain way mm-hmm. if I'm going to live a certain life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of to make, to take it full circle and to answer that question again, or to address that question again of why is like, why is the tithe important? Mm -hmm. I think it's important because like, I need to have a standard in my life that I, that I, that I realize like, I, I can't trust my own discernment Mm -hmm. based on emotion on a particular day. Like Mm -hmm. I have, I have to make a line in the sand and say, this is, this is the standard up to which I'm going to live. And You know, I think it's even appropriate as as we're speaking to an audience that's predominantly young adults in this in this podcast. Like, the reality is, friends, uh, we are not the ones who are giving in a way that's sustaining the church right now, Mm -hmm. and and that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we were talking with our with our buddy Matt, who's um, who's the chair of our board of directors, and Mm -hmm. he's been working closely with the Diocese of Columbus in such a way that he was he was sharing yesterday that the demographics, which shouldn't come as much of a surprise, that like the vast majority of the giving that is sustaining our church is is coming from individuals who are mm-hmm. 55 and over yep and like what that means is that in 30 years the landscape of the church mm-hmm. is going to shift mm-hmm. by necessity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so so friends we've got to come into a place of of, of wrestling with this to ask you know uh we, we've we've operated for a long time based on the generosity of our parents and our grandparents and and we have a choice to yeah. make as far as what kind of an impact we're gonna leave mm-hmm. and what kind of a footprint we're gonna leave yeah. in the kingdom. And 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 whether whether the kingdom's gonna operate with the same level of support or better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like to suggest that that, you know, the battle today mm-hmm. is going to be a heck of a lot more expensive yeah. than it was 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And without, without us giving our lives away, it's just not going to work. And it's why that
1: mm-hmm. flag post matters. It's, yeah. it's why you have to put it out there. Cause like, yes, maybe that's true today, but tomorrow it could be different. And the widow's might, that's where that comes back. Is that hurt? I was thinking, uh, just as you're saying, cause I, I wrestle with that same thing is like, the, the missionaries that are able to stay in mission with Damascus, they're able to find through the grace of God and the generosity of others yeah. mission support teams that sustain them over time. And that's a great gift. And and maybe that's not true for everyone that's ever decided to do a mission, you know? It's it's probably not. I, I like could probably go through my like Rolodex of memory and think of someone who's stepped into a different way of life because that wasn't the case. But I, I do think that flag post is important. And, and it goes to like a, uh, there was a mother Teresa quote that I've heard before, and I'm probably going to paraphrase it, but I, I'm at least going to try to quote it. It was that, um, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can no longer be hurt, just love. Mm. And I think you could place give where it says love. Yeah. Like I have found the paradox if I give until it hurts, there can no longer be hurt, just gift. Right. Mm -hmm. That like there, there's something to this, like, man, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to do it at the most prudent degree I can, even if it's a penny, a nickel, a dime, a quarter, a half dollar, a dollar, a $2 bill that I found that my grandpa gave me 10 years ago, like what, whatever it is, because it's actually in that act that there's a surrender that happens. Of like my life is yours, Lord, yeah. and it doesn't always make sense, you know. And I, I think, um, man, our church would would do well to allow herself and not mother church, right? But the the partakers in the church, us as the body, like to actually like I don't know allow that to affect our
0: heart. Yeah. I think. yeah. Well, I think too. I mean, if if finances are tight at home, and I'm assuming finances are tight at home for most people, mm-hmm. uh, that like, how do I use that to have conversations with my kids about what's most important, right? And so, like, I think having... So, like, I grew up knowing that finances were very tight in our home. And um, and my dad, when we would make sacrifices and us kids would complain about it, he would talk about what was most important. And so, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, like, I want to go and do this. Well, we can't do that because we've chosen... To send you to St. Charles instead so you can have a Catholic education and be raised in the faith. It's like, oh, okay. Like, so the sacrifices he was making, he brought it to a bigger end. And I think like we we will make sacrifices and we love our kids so much that it's like, okay, like I want to give my kids everything. And it it pains me when I can't give them everything. It truly does. And it's like, well, if I only had this, then I could give them everything. But is it possible that I'm actually giving them more by giving them less? And mm-hmm that when I, when I have that conversation of, yeah, I know so-and-so is doing this, and I know so-and-so did that, but we didn't, and this is why. And, um, and so just welcoming your whole family into the giving cycle is really mm-hmm. important, I think, and um, so they understand the... The sacrifices that are being made have an eternal purpose to them, um, yeah. which will form their heart to become those that next generation. And most likely, the fifty-five and older are giving because their parents gave. And mm-hmm. the question will be, do we continue that? And yeah, uh, but we don't have to wait till we're fifty-five and older, right? Well, and, and
1: the model and the model was taught to them. I think yeah. like we we teach all of our uh, missionaries from the God Ask model. And the God Ask model is super simple. It's a triangle, mm-hmm. right, that has three dots. In the bottom left corner is yeah. a missionary. In the bottom right corner is your average Catholic. Mm-hmm. In the top is the Lord. Three dots, missionary, <laughs> uh, Catholic, and the Lord, right? Every Catholic on the bottom right corner should be going to the top dot, the Lord, and saying, Lord, you've been giving me resources in my life. How am I called to use those? Mm-hmm. The missionary should be going to the Lord saying, you've called me to mission with my life, Lord. How can I find the resource to do that? Mm-hmm. And then the two bottom dots dialogue in, <laughs> hey, are you called to give your resource in this way? Yep. And that person, through their conversations with the Lord, knows if the answer is yes or no. Yep. Like They were actually taught a very simple model like that, that all my resources are from the Lord, and so I offer them to the Lord, and I ask Him how He wants me to use them. Yep. And, and so we, we teach this to the missionaries, and I think it's good for the entire church, especially for us yep. as young adults, is everyone's called to do two things, to go and to give, Yep. right? To go and to give. You're called to go for the sake of mission and give for the sake of mission. Yeah. Some people actually go on mission by giving of their resource to missionaries, right? Mm -hmm. So I give finances to a missionary, and I'm actually going on mission with them through that gift. That's amazing. Other people give by going on to mission because the people that are giving that financial resource, they're like, you know what? I can't actually go to Uganda, but you can. And that's sweet. So you're gonna give of your life by going, and I'm gonna go with you by giving. Yeah. Like all like we were actually made to do this together.
0: Do it together. Which is so beautiful. Yeah. It is so beautiful. And it's that that Mix of man, I actually participate in the the mission of the church when I give, you know, like so. I I, I love the poor, and and yet God has never really called me to full time mission with the poor. I've always been called to full time mission and evangelization, and I love it, right? But so with my finances, I'm like, okay, well, this is awesome. Like since my full time work is in the mission of evangelization, I get to use my finances to be a part of the mission of serving the poor, and it's like. Uh, like we're 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 helping families in Gua- uh, uh Guatemala. We're we're helping a leper colony in Africa. Yes. You know we're yes, we're matters. putting the wells in Africa. Right. Like my my family gets to every single summer spend the summer evangelizing the young church, which is mm-hmm. a great gift and opportunity that God's called me to and at the same time my family gets to 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 help a leper colony in Africa like what they're, the heck they're actually like,
1: both real missions yes. happening in real time and it's such
0: an exciting like yeah. man i'm so i'm personally fulfilled not just by the ministry work i do but by the ministry giving i do as yeah, well Yeah, it's
1: so good yeah yeah with that i think um Well, we hope you're convicted. Like we hope that this has at least stirred something in you to ask questions. And, and we want to close here with a time of prayer. But before we jump to that, I want to just bring it to your guys' attention as, as, um, we go into prayer. I think the Lord's been highlighting for me just like that. We would pray that all listening would be given the faith to take these words seriously. I was thinking about the church and how we uh, have talked before about how the, um, the prayers of the faithful have sometimes become the prayers of the complainers where it's <laughs> actually not a faithful prayer I'm making, but it's me making sure that all the congregation knows the things that are insufficient. You mm-hmm. know, um, I also think sometimes in our, presentation of the church needing money. Mm -hmm. We've presented it without faith and with complaint. And so maybe like if we could just pray that our hearts and all listening that, um, that the faith could be stirred through the conversation today. Yeah. That the Lord actually does have a plan for our finances mm-hmm. in the same way He has a plan for everything. Like yep. His providence doesn't just provide for us in some abstract way, but also in concrete ways. So, mm. in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay. amen. Lord, thank you for the gift of this conversation, and thank you for the gift it is to be called to give. Mm-hmm. Lord, we pray that. Uh, in this time of prayer, that you would stir up faith in all listening, a faith that understands that you will always provide, even when we give to the point that it hurts, even when we give from our sustenance and not merely our surplus, Lord, you come through and you always provide. Yeah, Jesus,
2: I, I, I pray that you would reveal those areas where we are um, are gravitate towards self-sustenance and self-defense. Hmm. Uh if there is something or somebody or some need that sits on the throne of our hearts right now, I pray that you'd get rid of it, Lord, that you would, uh, that, that you would become Lord of our life, of every area of our life. Even those areas we've been trained to, uh, to hide or to, or to feel shame or to, um, to hold close to the chest. Mm-hmm. God, we give them to you. And, uh, and, and I pray particularly, you know, as I was sharing about housing, the, for each of us, there's there's a particular need that it feels like it's it's too much that I need to take I need to remain in control in this area so that I can have um so that I can have peace. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you're the you're the King of Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the Prince of Peace. We we pray that Holy Spirit, you'd come and fill us, and you you would uh, you would eliminate those areas of our life that are barriers to the grace that you promise.
0: Yeah, when Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit comes, and so I just pray that Holy Spirit for all of those who just declared You Lord over their finances, the Holy Spirit, You would come and fill the hearts of Your faithful, and that You would begin speaking to them in new ways, that You would uh, fill their minds and their hearts with Your voice, so they would know exactly what You're asking them to do. So, Holy Spirit, we we love You, we adore You, we pray that You would speak to us and instruct us on how to give more richly of our lives. Uh, instruct on us where you want us to pour into others, where you want us to pour into our families, and how you want us uh, to use our finances for you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, and we pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Man, what a gift it is to have conversations like this. Mm -hmm. We hope that it is as much a gift to you listening as it is for us to have conversations like this. If you like this and you think that other people would benefit from it, please like and subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel. It's uh, Beyond Damascus, right? And then share this video with anyone that you think might benefit from it. Maybe people that you've been having conversations like this um, with, and they could benefit from additional resources for themselves so that they can live a life of giving. We're so excited to have you again. Again, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission, and we'll see you next time.